Welcome to the Haunted Hangover podcast with your hosts Andy and Shauna. Join us each week and settle down with a drink as we guide you through stories and mysteries from around the world, from ghosts and demons to UFOs and cryptids. You name it, and you will probably more than likely have a story about it. So grab a drink and dim those lights and be prepared for a cry. <laughs> oh, I'll just run the intro. bonus episode of the Haunted Hangover podcast. It's uh, it's me, Andy, here today. Unfortunately, Shauna isn't with us, but she'll be uh, here with us in spirit, I imagine. <laughs> yes, yeah, so this week we're going to do a bit of a, something we've not done before. So uh, about the last couple of weeks, Shauna's not been very well, um, so we've not really been able to get together uh, to create our podcast as we normally would. Um, also, obviously, with her starting her new job, um, her shifts and stuff like that, they're all, a bit all over the place. Uh, so just uh, while we're getting used to the new normal, um, I thought we'd just put out this bonus episode. So basically in today's episode, I've asked Shauna what her favourite story is that I've done. Um, and I've not told her, but I'm going to choose one of her stories, which I think was one of her best. Um, and we're just going to play them for you guys. So a bit of a recap of the last 10 weeks. Um, I'm also, I thought it'd be quite fun if I can find some outtakes maybe. Um, of, of what we've sort of done while we record because uh, there is usually alcohol involved uh, so I thought that'd be quite funny just to tie tie you guys over until we can record our next uh, proper episode um, yeah so this is sort of it's sort of episode 10 but not quite it's just a bit of a bonus episode for you guys today we're sort of really happy with how the podcast is going really hope you guys are enjoying it as well uh, we're, we're really really happy because we we've reached around 200 actual downloads with almost a hundred um, actual listeners, um, so that's it's actually amazing. So me and Sean are very grateful for all you guys. Thank you for listening. Again, you can follow us on our Instagram at the Haunted Hangover Podcast, where you can see all of the little uh, what goes into making our show. And and yeah, come and come and join us on there. And obviously, you can send us some of your tales of horror to the Haunted Hangover Podcast at Outlook.com. And uh, yeah, me and Sean have been getting a couple in, so we're just getting some of those ready to tell you guys. So it'd be lovely to have some more. So yeah, so that would be great. So we'd love to do some listener tales episodes. So we'll begin, I think, with my favourite story of Shauna's first. It actually comes from our very first week of doing this podcast. Uh, I I got so many people asking me, or telling me, I should say, that that story was actually quite scary the way she told it was really good and the way she'd wrote it so her first story was about a smiling man I believe that she she sees at the end of her bed even still to this day so the fact that I'm going on holiday with her in two weeks is actually terrifying so yeah Shauna take it away it was the year 2006 and I was 13 years old living in West London as a child there wasn't a lot to do to keep us kids entertained so me and my friends would have to make up our own fun this would include riding the bus back and forth to different destinations, riding our bikes over the park, and playing the good old game Knockdown Ginger. But these things were only entertaining for so long. One day whilst watching 
MTV Cribs <laughs> at my friend Lucy's house. Her mum Lorraine happened to mention to us how she had found her old Ouija board. Of course, being mischievous kids that we were, Lorraine had our full attention. To this day, I'm not sure why she told us this piece of information, but she must have known, of course, we were going to play with the Ouija board. That night when Lorraine had gone out with her partner, me and Lucy went into full searching mode for the board. <laughs> she tried to hide it. Um, we looked everywhere, high and low, outside in the shed, everywhere. Deep in the back of Lorraine's wardrobe, there it was. We'd found it. Stupid Lorraine. Of <laughs> yeah, course, course we were going to find it. <laughs> Immediately when we ran uh, downstairs into the kitchen to set up um, the, the board. Full of excitement and wonder, me and Lucy sprinted around the house, turning off all the lights, making sure every window, door, everything was locked. We didn't want any surprises. Um, we were in for a, a real shock. <laughs> um, once settled into the kitchen, um, we'd put some candles on, you know, mood and everything. Um, uh, Lucy on one side of the kitchen table, me on the other. We set out to ask the questions we had prepared earlier. We both looked at each other, placing our um, index fingers on the planchette. 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 <laughs> With a big breath in, I encouraged Lucy to start. She shouted, is anyone there? We sat in silence, waiting. Nothing. Lucy tried again. If anyone's there, make yourself known. Move the planchette. Come on. Still nothing. Lucy and I looked at each other, the look of disappointment but also relief on our faces. Suddenly, from the counter, the cat's collar went flying across the room. At the same time, the budgie started flying around um, the cage, bashing against the sides, squawking so loud we had to shove our fingers in our ears. For what seemed like forever, the bird suddenly stopped like nothing happened. Wide-eyed and breathing heavily, me and Lucy turned to each other. I said, let me try asking a question this time. Lucy nodded, still unable to talk, placed our index fingers back onto the planchette, and with a shaky breath, I shouted, Hello, is anyone there? We know you are there. Stop playing games. Lucy went to say something when suddenly the pleasure started flying from one side to the other um, of the board. Lucy jumped up, backing away from the table, fear in her eyes. I am not doing this anymore, she shouted. Come on, Lucy, just one more question. No, I could clearly see Lucy was done. I needed to push it. We, pack away, we packed away the Ouija board. Um, placed it back into Lorraine's wardrobe and both decided to go to bed. The rest of the night went by with no issues. The next day around 1pm, I decided to go home as we had school the next day. My Sunday um, went by like any other Sunday. I cleaned my rat's cages out, cleaned my room, showered, got ready for bed. That night, I will never forget. Around 2.30am, I had the sudden feeling I was being watched. I woke up to a figure at the end of my bed. I shut up standing in the middle of the room, unable to look away from the figure. I tried to speak, but no words would come out. Me and the figure just stood there staring at each other. I closed my eyes and opened them again. The figure was still there. I wasn't dreaming. The figure started moving. I backed away, hitting my back against the wall. The figure took a few more steps towards me and then just disappeared. I stood there just staring into the empty space. I was in shock. I eventually came to my senses and got back into bed. I didn't sleep that night. The next day at school, I tried telling Lucy about what happened, but she didn't want to listen. I tried all day, but she would just walk off or stick, in, stick her fingers into her ears, screaming, la, 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 la. <laughs> By the end of the day, I stopped trying to speak to her. I didn't know what to do. Home time came and I reluctantly went home. I dreaded bedtime. I couldn't sleep, scared the figure would appear again. 2.30 a.m. came and the figure appeared. 
This time, I was a little bit more prepared, but still shocked. Wide-eyed, I cleared my throat, asking the figure, Who are you? What do you want? No answer. The figure did, um, the figure did, to this day, the strangest thing. He just stood at the end of my bed, smiled, waved at me, then disappeared. This happened over and over again over many nights. The figure would appear, smile, wave, then disappear again. To this day, I have never managed to find out who he is, what he wants, his name, nothing. All I know is that since that night at Lucy's house, the figure appears only occasionally, even now, but only smiles, waves, and disappears again. <laughs> so there we have it. That was Shauna's first ever story. And yeah, it's just, uh, you can really tell how far we've come with like the audio sound because I was, I've edited that so much to try and get the echoiness down. But but yeah, hopefully it wasn't too bad for you guys. But yeah, I think, I think we've come a long way since then, really. I think our episodes are sounding quite good now. Um, but yeah, so I think that story is just so scary because of how well Sean described it. It's just, you, you can almost see it when she's describing it. And that's what I really loved about it. And like I say, I even had people in work um, and my partner even asking me, it, you know, is this real? I mean, um, is she making up? And I said, no. Um, and yeah, they, they all thought it was really good. So thank you for that one, Shauna. And that takes us into my story that she's chosen. And she chose the Black Eyed Children of Chernobyl uh, as, as her favourite story of mine. Um, I'm not too sure why she chose this one over others. She said she'd have a couple more, but I think I think this one was just a really, really cool story. Um, and yeah, the sound quality and the sound effects I think really help. Uh, so yes, yeah, so let's get into it. This is, I believe, from like week six or seven, and it's the Black Eyed Children of Chernobyl. Enjoy! We're travelling to somewhere. The stories from a while back, but they're in a bit of conflict at the minute. We're travelling to Ukraine. Oh. Yeah, I know. Just, Vladimir Putin, if you're listening, just fuck off and die, mate. Oh, right, mate. Just fuck off and die. Right. <laughs> he said it. <laughs> what if Vladimir Putin sends someone to poison us now? Oh, would well, you. You? I didn't say nothing. I'll give you Sean's address anyway. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, so we're, go- we're going to, um, obviously, a very famous place. Uh, you might have heard of it, it's called Chernobyl, um, and the town of Pripyat just outside. I'm sure we have all heard of the town of Pripyat and what happened at Chernobyl. Chernobyl is a nuclear power plant in Ukraine that was the site of a disastrous, disastrous nuclear accident on April 26, 1986. A routine test at the power plant went horribly wrong and two massive explosions blew the 1,000-ton roof off one of the plant's reactors, releasing 400 times more radiation than the atomic bomb dropped on Hiroshima. Damn. Hiroshima. The worst nuclear disaster in history killed two workers in the explosions, and within months, at least 28 more would be dead by acute radiation exposure. Eventually, thousands of people would show signs of health, effect, uh, health defects, including cancer from the fallout. Ukraine's government declared in 1995 that over 125,000 people had died from the effects of the Chernobyl radiation. So, is it any wonder, I ask you, that the surrounding area of Pripyat is supposed to house things not of this world? There are stories of demon black birds that were spotted just before the disaster, like a bad omen of things to come, similar to the Mothman supposed to be at the site of disasters across the USA, warnings of impending doom. 
Mothman. So, Mothman. Well, it's supposed to be one man. Mothman. Oh, what? There's like a bridge, I can't remember what it's called. There's a bridge in America, and apparently people seen like the Mothman, they call him, at the scene before, and the bridge collapsed and killed hundreds of people. Oh my god. Yeah, so it's similar to that. Apparently people spoke of seeing this demon black bird flying from one of the... Um, one of the towers from Chernobyl so that's just one of the stories so many people fled their homes never to return well maybe not in life anyway but people aren't expected to repopulate anyway uh, people aren't expected to repopulate the area anytime soon Ukrainian authorities have said it will not be safe for people to live in a Chernobyl exclusion zone for more than 24,000 years so the exclusion zone is just the area 24,000 years. 24,000 years. That's how long it's going to take for the radiation to completely leave the area. Mm-hmm. Today, tourists can visit the site, which appears frozen in time, apart from signs of looting, natural weathering, and the encroachment of nature. And this is where today's story begins, with a group of tourists looking to seek, see the town from of Pripyat for themselves. Pripyat? I don't even know how you say that. Pripyat. Pripyat. Visiting Chernobyl and Pripyat has always been a dream of mine. I was fascinated by what happened at Chernobyl, even though it was one of the worst disasters of our lifetime. And when myself and my girlfriend were planning a trip to Ukraine, I was ecstatic that she agreed to to a trip to visit the exclusion zone, remarking, what's the worst that can happen? It's not like we want kids anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Well... You never know what could happen. Never said uh, that sentence. Never said <laughs> And with that, that comment, I began planning the trip to Ukraine and Pripyat. And a few months later, we were on our flight and spent the first few days of our trip exploring Kiev. And on the last day in the capital, we had our excursion booked. The exclusion zone is only a couple of hours' journey from the capital, but with the military checkpoints, it takes a lot longer. The plan was to drive in and first see the famous playground in Pripyat, which still has a ferris wheel and a bumper car and then sees some sites like an old school and hospital after heading back to our hotel in Kiev. Driving in with the guide, a driver and just a small group of three other people, it was an intimate occasion. One I knew me and my girlfriend were going to cherish. On entering the exclusion zone, it is a surreal experience. To see all buildings derelict as if they as they were when the 50,000 people that lived there were evacuated is so strange. Seeing how nature retakes the human structures we have built and it makes you think about our own morality and what would happen if suddenly humans were gone. We got to the playground and what hit me first was the silence. There was hardly any ambient noise at all, just nature and the wind rustling through the trees and squeaking of rusty gates opening gently in the wind. We had our Geiger counters so we could make sure we were not being exposed to high amounts of radiation. This would beep also and it was the only other sound you could hear. It was a sunny day and being part of a group, nothing was seen or felt out in the open. But our luck was about to run out as we ventured into an abandoned school. We entered this huge building and were told we could explore by ourselves but to keep, to, but to be back at the van at a certain time and to keep an eye on our Geiger counters. My girlfriend and I stuck together and again the silence of the area was deafening. Papers everywhere and wallpaper and paint peeling off the walls. It was so atmospheric and in certain areas very dark. 
Even in the daylight, as trees and trees and plants had overgrown windows, blocking out the sunlight. My girlfriend was just ahead of me, and I thought I heard footsteps just behind us. I turned around, and there was nothing there. I turned back around, and my girlfriend was gone. She must have gone into one of the rooms, and I could see a trail in the dirt and soot and dust. However, I noticed a smaller, fainter trail next to hers, almost like a child was walking with her. I began to pick up the pace and turned into one of the rooms where my girlfriend was sitting down at a classroom seat. This was quite a large room and I would say 30 tables and chairs all lined up facing a blackboard. Signs of where people had run and been evacuated were clear with papers and pencils and books all over the place. I walked up to her and touched her on the shoulder and asked, are you okay? My presence made her jump and she shouted at me for sneaking up on her. I apologised. <laughs> I'd have punched him. I'd have punched him. <laughs> I apologised and said, let's make a move from this room, as the Geiger counter was beeping. As we walked out, I got the feeling we were not alone. As I turned around to scan the room one last time, I saw a young girl sat at a desk, crying with her head in her hands. My girlfriend must have been able to hear her too, as she came back around the corner. I was, I was stunned, but my girlfriend called out to the girl, asking if she was okay. The girl stopped crying and lifted her head and turned to look towards us. We noticed her face was not of this world, black eyes, and after she lifted her head and screamed at us, our Geiger counters were going off the charts, beep, 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 and I grabbed my girlfriend's arm, she shouted, come on, it's time to go, the girl, the girl then started walking towards us, beep, 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 getting louder and louder, and I pulled on my girlfriend's arm and started to run towards the end of the corridor. As we looked back, there was now multiple children by the classroom down the corridor, all holding hands, all just staring there, watching us staring at us with those dark, black eyes. And as we ran down the staircase towards the entrance, we could hear the slight sound of children laughing and talking, and the Geiger counter stopped beeping as we ran out into the open air and back to the safety of the van. Our guide could see we were clearly shaken up. We told her everything we saw and what had happened. She immediately called for the others to return to us and hastily moved on to another location. Away from the school, whilst we were driving on our Whilst we were driving, our guide explained that there are reports of ghosts, but there are also reports of people who call themselves stalkers. These are people and communities that return to the Chernobyl and Pripyat to live off the land. They apparently live in derelict buildings and eat fruit and crops that now grow. They also, and also the local wildlife include wild cats and dogs, rabbits and rats. They will also become more radiated the longer they live there. So is this what we saw? A community of children living around the school. Is this why the Geiger counter was going off the charts when we arrived? The only thing is the only thing is certain the rest of the day we spent out in the open and my girlfriend and myself were happy we saw the historical site but we were certain not be returning ever again. Fuck this shit I'm out. <laughs> oh, is that how you feel, is it? I'm out. So yeah. that was that was my story, the one that Shauna liked the most. And it was obviously about uh, the haunted uh, the black-eyed children of Chernobyl, so I hope you guys liked it. And that was a lot earlier than I thought. That was only uh, week four. And I thought it was a lot later than that, but you can you can hear even even back then our, our audio wasn't that great. So yeah, so I hope that wasn't too much of a distraction for you, and I hope you enjoyed that. Um, and yeah, so that's almost our episode done this week. I just wanted to show my favourite blooper, which was uh, sort of a... If you ever want to ask Sean a question, don't ever expect a simple answer. That, that is me. <laughs> oh, oh, did it again?
Cheers, basically. Cheers, those are Shauna's words of wisdom, so thank that, you for that. That's my mm. uh, Obviously, you can send your stories to our email address, which is... Uh, quickly, Andy, you, you know your you know gecko's like looking at me weirdly, right? The email address is <laughs> <laughs> the Haunted Hangover Podcast. Like you seriously, just you can you can take the girl out of East Acton, but you can't take East Acton out of the girl, and that's what I've learned over the last few weeks of doing this podcast. So um, yeah, yeah, hope you enjoyed this little recap of the last nine weeks. Uh, me and Shauna are going on holiday in just under two weeks' time, so we think we're going to record our tenth uh, tenth episode. Um, there in Benidorm so that could be quite fun um, so just yeah so hope you enjoyed this episode we are sort of looking at new ways on going forward after the 10th episode on um, what sorts of uh, things we could do to add um, to the podcast one of our main ideas is sort of a movie club so each week we'll sort of say what film we're going to be watching and then we will discuss what we thought about it the next week. So sort of like a book club sort of thing. Um, but we'll choose the, the horror films at random. Um, and yeah, it could be quite fun for you guys to get involved as well. So if there's a particular film you want us to watch, um, it doesn't matter what sort of horror film it is, we'll watch anything, trust me, it really doesn't matter. Um, then obviously you can, you can give us a message on Instagram or at our email address. So... Yeah, so that's just one change we might be bringing in. So let us know what you think about that idea. Um, and yeah, have a have a great week. Um, and hopefully we'll be back with episode 10 for you. Not too far in the future. Okay, thank you very much. Goodbye. Stay spooky, as Shorter would say. <laughs>